Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To finally go back to a movie theater? Yeah, yeah, wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of Double Feature Versus. I am Anthony. I am Brad. Yeah, that guy, he, he's Brad. And uh, today, we are uh, still doing our February, you know, love series. And uh, this is a special Valentine's Day episode. And uh, I figured, well, we figured, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than uh, look at one of the queens of romantic comedies, Miss Jennifer Lopez. Yes. So, so today's episode, we're taking a look at The Wedding Planner and the newly released movie, uh, Marry Me. All right. So I, I think when we approach these films, knowing how we are, you know, us us dudes, I think we got to like we got to look at these movies two ways. We got to look at them the classic double feature versus way straight up honest about what we really felt about them. But we also got to look at them on a romantic comedy scale. Right. Because as we know, it, it's very rare a romantic comedy is a straight up four, four or five, you know, because romantic comedies, you know, they're all pretty much the same, but they have different variations of chemistry, humor, you know, and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, they I, each have their own goal in mind. And yeah. the idea is we want to make see if they actually reach that goal that they're trying to hit. Absolutely. Uh, all right, man. You uh, you want me to just you want to just hop right into it? Yeah. Um, I know it's not normal, but I think for this one, it fares better for us to do chronological for release. You know, usually we don't do this, but uh, let's go ahead and hit him with the chronological. Okay. So that'll put us with uh, the wedding planner first. Uh, do you want to do this one, or do you want me to take the reins on this one? I will gladly take the honors, man. Okay. So wedding planner. 2001 all right so we got uh jennifer lopez she is a woman that um she plans weddings uh she's an expert at what she does she makes sure everything goes smoothly uh the wedding song the the bride to be the bride to be uh the bride to be's father the groom the groom's parents she makes sure everything goes smoothly and that the wedding goes um as as um lovely as it's supposed to go even if the people who are set to be married aren't really match maids and she sees it like like from the outset that the relationship isn't going to work out. She's great at her job and she treats it as a job. Yeah, it's her love, made to note that she has been doing weddings for so long. She's made it pretty much a game in her head now to guess how long the wedding will last when it's definitely not a good couple. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, her love life is kind of non-existent her dad is um you know he always she's always trying to set her up with this guy uh, this childhood friend of hers called well childhood acquaintance childhood stalker called massimo 
Um, Massimo has a little bit of broken English and, um, you know, she uh, the way she uh, summarizes their relationship is he used to chase me around when I was a kid and kept asking me, do you have a vagina? Also, he would eat mud. <laughs> he would eat mud. Well, that's just a regular boy thing, man. I'm not going to hold that against Massimo. <laughs> but anyway, you know, she's not interested in him. Uh, one day, uh, before she gets uh, ran over by a car, she gets uh, saved by this pediatrician. She's trying to get her, her shoe out of like a, a, a sewer drain or something. No, What's it's that? not a runaway car. It was a runaway dumpster. Dumpster. There you go. Yeah, you, you got to put peak 90s, early 2000s into it. A car makes too much sense. It's got to be a rollaway dumpster. <laughs> This movie was like the first of its kind when you're talking about 2000 era. Like, you know, um, a lot of things in this movie, like, you know, say what you will. But I really think this was kind of like the didn't this come before the how to lose a guy in 10 days and, you know, all those. Uh, I think it did, right? Say lose. Like, I know it came before. Failure um, it did come before how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah, this was kind of like the the setting precedent of like 2000 era romantic movies. I think The Wedding Singer came after that. But this is The the Wedding Singer is a whole different movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she meets the pediatrician who saves her life, Steve Edison. Um, you know, he uh, takes her to the hospital and they I'll, we'll t- I'll talk about this later. But, um, you know, um, long story short, uh, her friend, um, her colleague, Penny, she says, uh, "Oh, hey, um, I know Mary. She was about to go to this thing later on. This movie. Uh, you should, uh, you should come with us." And you know, she's basically trying to set her up. So, long story short, they go on a date. They almost kiss. It doesn't happen because rain comes down. You know, uh, you, you know, generic. And uh, they call it. You know, we'll say, "Hey, I'll see you later." So it just so happens that. Um, uh, Mary J Lo's character uh, meets a woman that is about to get married, and she has just uh, recruited Mary to, um, you know, headline her wedding, plan her wedding. Just so happened that this woman, uh, the one man she's about to marry, is Steve. Now, dude, when I got to this part in the movie, I I had never seen this movie before. I always knew always knew it existed. I just never watched it. I was like, oh man, you dick. <laughs> like I, I knew it was coming, but I was like, no, the movie wouldn't do that because the movie wouldn't root for him. If you, yeah, you knew that, that there way. was a catch coming because this right. is early two thousands rom com. There's always a catch, <laughs> right? But I was like, but the movie wouldn't do that because then you wouldn't root for him. You'd be like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of it. it definitely falls into the tropes and. Like you said, this is early on when it wasn't really a trope, uh, but right, watching right. it today's standards, it's like, okay, here's where this happens. Here's where this happens. Oh, what do you know? He's actually a cheating piece of shit. You know, it's. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, he doesn't really love her, or you know, he's trying to be charming with it and, and dodge her questions when she asks, "Dude, I, I, you didn't tell me you were married. Uh, well, you, you didn't ask, and you know, like your name, you didn't tell me your name was Steve." Uh, well, uh, the, with the name you call me is my middle name. It's like, okay, you can tell this is 2000s. Like, all right. It, everything down to, like, even the hits of uh, the hitting the notes for different, like, comedic effects things. Like, after they kind of have a nice night out and everything, uh, his bride-to-be shows up at the wedding planning house and mm-hmm. goes, I know everything. 
oh my god it's not what you think i knew it was coming yeah (laughs) but i'll I'll say this though um dude the chemistry between j-lo and matthew was great man like i can tell why this guy has been like a before he became a more dramatic actor why he's been such a romantic comedy leading man like he he naturally is funny like um you know they're in the, they're in the hospital because he's a pediatrician. He says, "Man, you have a large neck." He says, "My neck is large." Yeah, well, you're the only patient I uh cert that I've treated over the age of six. And then she says, "What happened to your hand?" He says, it's "Your large neck." <laughs> when I was saving you, like I I started laughing like, "Oh, that's funny." Um, and you know J Lo, you know like this is like I gotta say one of the top. It's probably one of her first films where like her presence in romantic comedies was very prominent and very charming. Where it became like a staple that she's meant to be in all these kind of romance comedies. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, moving further along in the plot, you know, she's, you know, she's trying to keep the, the relationship professional and be like, you know what? No more. I'm planning your wedding and that's it. And he's feeling a little conflicted because he likes her, but... You know, he he's also getting married, but doesn't know why he's getting married. He doesn't know why he loves this woman. He doesn't know why she loves him. In comes uh, Massimo coming into the party. Uh, I don't know where they were at. I think they were researching a location or something. They were on like a golf course or something trying to find a wedding venue. Right. So he comes in and says, uh, hey, Mary, I love you and all this. And they're like, who's this? Oh, I'm 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 her fiance. You know, he, he he wants to be her fiance. And they ask her, like, we didn't know you was engaged. And she was like, uh, yes, this is my fiance. Of course, we know this is to make Steve jealous or, you know, like we know Steve gets jealous. Um, yeah, she's doing this to make Steve jealous. Uh, Massimo is just he's speaking broken English. So he's right. meaning to say, you know, I am trying to make her my wife. And, you know, he pretty much went oh no she's my wife (laughs) right here's the thing i gotta say about massimo again this is early 2000s part of me was like are they gonna do a thing where she does end up with him because the movie did show him to be an actual like nice guy you Mm -hmm. know as she gets to know him they have dinner together and he he starts to like get a little bit more real with her like no seriously i do like you and this is why i'd be like oh okay well they they actually make massimo look like a solid dude and then, you know, when it gets to the part where it's like, like, okay, all right, I- I'll marry you, I'll do it. You know, that's just gonna end up being, oh man, this guy's gonna get dumped. Yeah, and I kind of felt sad for Massimo. I I will say, I absolutely loved Massimo, played by uh, Justin Chambers, by the way. Fantastic right. in this movie. Uh, yeah. it, you have Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey in this movie, and yet somehow. Justin Chambers comes out as one of the things I remember most about this movie. Yeah, man. I It took me a while, but I was like, oh, that's homeboy from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's him. It took me a while to recognize him. Yeah, well, with him doing, like, the bad English accent, because he's right. doing a bad, bad English accent. <laughs> I just took it as a regular run-of-the-mill broken English role. I, I didn't more really, or less. Yeah. But he was doing like he was trying to make a bad accent, but he was doing such a bad job at trying to do a bad accent. It came off as even worse than I think it was originally intended to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz you can tell at points where he kind of breaks 
and it, you're just like, yeah, he's he's not trying to be this bad. He's just bad at doing the accent, which is just making it worse. <laughs> right. I do like how the character does a does a nice 180. In the beginning, we see her give this speech to this woman that's like, man, I don't even know if I can do this. Like on her wedding day, like I don't even know if I can do this. And she gives her the speech about, hey, you know, this is your day. You guys are meant for each other and all that. When Matthew McConaughey's fiance comes to tell her, like, I don't even I don't even love my fiance. I'm just getting married to him just cause like I don't I don't see why I should do this. You know, inside she wants to be. I don't want you to do this either because I love your fiance. But she Mm -hmm. gives that same speech and you see her getting a little emotional. And I was like, that's actually that's that was actually like a nice writing moment because that shows that the writers are like they know where this character is going. They know this is a a usual rom-com plot, but they know to bring her 360 not yeah. 180, 360 to uh, where she began. Yeah, they made sure to keep her professional throughout. So right. she did not let this kind of get in the way of somebody else's happiness, which is one of those things that uh, a lot of rom-coms do where it's, no, it's my happiness over yours. This one kind of does the reverse. And it does it pretty well with you kind of seeing like the pain behind her eyes as she's kind of trying to say, no, you go through with it. This is your happiness. It makes you have more respect for her. Yes. If, if only she didn't like screw over Massimo though. I'm like, I might like, leave Massimo alone, man. Just tell him the truth. Yeah. You know, I, I can understand. I can understand though. Again, this is a rom-com. I'm going to keep saying that, you know, Massimo was kind of like really pushing her. Like he made that whole house thing, her whole childhood home thing by hand. It was like, will you marry me? But I'm like, dude, didn't you just say you wanted to just be friends? Yeah, he he did push it. Uh, I will say one of the greatest scenes in the movie, or to me at least, is uh, his bonding time with uh, Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah. on the golf course uh, when they're just working out. How how many uh, pull-ups are you at? 67, 68. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right, then they, they end up wrestling out of nowhere. Were they sparring? or? Um, I think they were... No, I think Massimo wanted to wrestle. Uh, Steve did oh. not want to wrestle. And gotcha, so they gotcha. ended up wrestling. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. If there wasn't a charming dude like McConaughey and Steve's role... It would be hard to sell that role. Oh yeah, like just because the way they introduce him, it's it, it's a tough sell from a writing standpoint. I'm like, you gotta have a good looking, charming dude in that role to sell that kind of douchery. Right. But uh, what do you feel like? Do you feel like by the end of the movie they kind of sell him on being a good guy? He just married the wrong woman, or do you feel like convenience of plot? What do you feel? I, I feel like it was convenience of plot on this one. It's okay. It, for me, it, they basically just keep leading up, up to being such a massive piece of shit. And then mm-hmm. at the end, they're like, but look, they're in love, so it's okay. And it's like, no, that's not okay. He's still a terrible person. <laughs> I got to say, man, I was smiling like with the usual like rushed romantic comedy ending where um, he shows up to the wedding and everyone's like, uh, who's this? And Massimo was like, this is the guy. She loves him. And then her father's like, who the hell are you? He's oh, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm Steve. He's like, oh, you're Steve. Like, yeah, you know, like, uh, I, uh, you guys didn't get married? And Massimo's like, no, she, you're the one. I'm not going to step in the way. And I'm like, dude, you stepped in the way the whole movie. Yeah. And, and this, <laughs> Your and, but, entire character was stepping in the way. Every right. scene. 
Right, but in the end, he even goes he even goes so far to drive him to go meet her. And I'm like, okay, just convenience of ending. It is what it yeah. is. And, and the father and his friend, um, played by my man from a different world, Lou Myers, he's like, I like that guy. He's like, yeah, he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> It's just such a it's just such a happy ending type of moment. You can't help but laugh. Yeah, I I do like even before that. It was uh, Steve's wedding was going on, and the bride drives off, and you have that whole moment go on where they're like, "Oh, we can't do it." And at that point, I was like, "Oh, we're getting to the end of the movie, aren't we? That they're gonna yeah. meet up, get married, and then this is gonna roll credits." Okay. We got probably about 10 more minutes of film going on. And then I kind of looked at the timer and I was like, oh, yeah, 10 minutes of film going left. <laughs> right on. What's going on, man? <laughs> like these movies are are, are fast paced. Uh, well, they're usually fast paced. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's feel good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, I like Judy Greer and her supporting roles. She always kills in her supporting roles um, as the, as the friend, as the as the annoying but lovable friend. The, the friend, co-worker. She she played both roles. She was the friend and the coworker. Usually the friend is the coworker though. Uh sometimes they split it up. Like they have the roommate and then they have the coworker and they usually tag team together in order to do it. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You right, you right, you right. Um so she yeah, was it, both roles. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, you know, long story short, Massimo drives Steve over to Mary, you know, they dance and they kiss, you know happy ending the end um yeah man i feel like this was a this was a charming movie um for what for the time it came out i want to say my my double feature rating i think it's a it's a three it's a three um my rom-com rating is a 3.5 i feel like it's very good um for its time it was like the staple of like rom-com movies to bring in the how to lose a guy and the failure to launches and all these other ones that came after it so i i that's me okay i i gotta mm, this one's about a three i think that's that's safe uh i don't see it as a three five personally uh but mostly even as a rom-com it it doesn't hit the three Mm. five for me uh because it does hit some like good notes but it it falls into the standard rom-com idioms of you know it here's massimo who ruins everything and then he's a hero at the end uh here's steve he's a cheating piece of shit but you gotta love him at the end and i i it's hard to get over those kind of things especially when the movie tells you here's how you think about this person the entire movie and then the last five minutes like nah forget the whole hour and 45 minutes prior to this this is how uh, you should feel about it now i would have liked to see up until this point i know they tried to show subtle you know differences between him and his fiance and how they weren't working but i like for them to push on that a little bit i would right. have liked to see an alone scenes with him and his fiance like uh her saying Hey, I want to choose this song for our wedding song. And him going like, I don't really like Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, but I like it, though. Like, I would have liked to see more things about how they're not a good match. Yeah, give him a little bit more personality when with his actual bride-to-be instead of only with Jennifer Lopez. I almost said Mm -hmm. Lawrence there. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Um... 
all right, man. You, you all set to move on? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this one. It's just, it, it definitely did set the mold for a lot of the tropes that we see in rom-coms today. And it definitely has that, like, 90s humor to me. Uh, you were saying early 2000s. I still think this one falls more into, the, like, the 90s campiness of it. Dude, I'm going to just say this. Uh, when we're looking at J-Lo's past to present, uh, let's just be glad we weren't watching Jiggly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know Jen and Ben were a couple in real life and are back to being a couple today. But, uh, yeah, let's just be glad we weren't watching that. Right. Uh, oh, one more thing that I will say. I do love that the opening to this movie is a solid one shot of her running around that wedding and kind of fixing everything as it's kind of dying out. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. Uh, yeah, that that was, was really well done. It was, it was. So I, uh, I got to give it major props for that. I love one shots in movies. And of course I had to call out this one. It begins with a great one shot of just watching her run around this wedding and changing things, the timing on it all. And it, it really well done. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, now we're on to uh, Marry Me, Marry Me, Marry Me, Say Yes. That song got stuck in my head, bro. Oh, that song got stuck in your head? That song got stuck in my head the oh, whole see, movie. Oh, see, while, we while I was watching this movie and you're getting that stuck in my head, I'm still going, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, everyone is getting hooked on that song, dude, but that song didn't stick with me. The opening song did when she's introducing the whole family. Like uh, that one got welcome to the family Madrigal. Yeah, that 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 film that song got stuck in my head. Um, the we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, is not stuck in my head. Oh, that one's still stuck in my head. It, I I still find myself humming that randomly throughout the day, and I hate it. I wish it would get out of my head. I am tired of that song. <laughs> so where do you put? Your, all right, folks, let's just do a little bit of a divergence. So where do you put yourself throughout the day where Bruno is? Where we don't talk about Bruno is stuck in your head. Like what are you watching? You watching Encanto every day, man? No, I'm not. It's like I'll be sitting in traffic and I'll just be looking out the window and I'll just be like, we don't talk about Bruno. Stop! <laughs> and it's just, you know, pouring a bowl of cereal. We don't talk about Bruno. No, God damn No! <laughs> so often, one watch of, I think you watched the movie multiple times, bro. Um, I've only <laughs> seen the movie once. And that one song just got stuck in your head. That one song got stuck in my head. The same thing happened to me with uh, the Lego movie and the Everything is Awesome, where just I'd right. find myself like humming that randomly out of nowhere. And it's like, I, why? I don't understand why that song. <laughs> I got you. It's just one uh, of those earworms for me. I, I think it's like the beat of it and everything like that is just such a like mellow tune to... The, the lyrics being just so easy to remember because it's literally we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, that's it. I couldn't tell you the rest of the lyrics of the song, you know, gun to my head, you know, sing the entire song or I'll pull the trigger. I'll be like, pull the trigger. I, I got three words. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm one of the chosen ones, man. Like uh, everyone had let it go stuck in their head when Frozen came out. I'm like. I ain't even seen the movie. It ain't even in my head. Like, I guess I'm one of the chosen ones. Every, everywhere I go on Facebook, everyone's saying, can someone get, we don't need to talk about Bruno out of their heads. Has anyone had a therapist yet? Has anyone have the trick? I'm like, I, 
See, uh, I never did uh, the Let It Go. Like, I remember seeing that movie and going, eh, okay. And that movie didn't, that song didn't get stuck in my head like everything else. But that song also played on the radio constantly. I know with, I know with, all right, I'll, I'll bring us up, then we'll move on. I know with Moana, You're Welcome by The Rock got stuck in my head. Uh, you know, oh, You're Welcome. Yeah. You know, and that's a good song. I mean, Bruno is a good song, too, but yeah, that's all I know. Yeah, You're Welcome also got pushed on the radio a lot at that time as well. And then I personally liked uh, the Shiny song, but that was because Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords sang that one. So I enjoyed okay. that one. Uh, but that one, even that, didn't do an earworm for me. It was kind of just like, oh, I enjoy this song. Okay. All right, folks, we did the past. Now we're at the present. You want to take over this one? Yes. So Marry Me follows the story of Kat, a famous singer who is about to get married to another singer called Bastion. Uh, They have this popular song called Marry Me that they're going to sing a new version of live on stage right before they get married in front of a giant audience, live on TV. Uh, Everybody's streaming it on their phones and everything like that. Uh, Right before the actual uh, event occurs, though, a leaked video of Bastion cheating on Cat leaks out and upsets the entire thing, which she then picks Owen Wilson, who is in the crowd, uh, or Charlie, who is played by Owen Wilson, out of the crowd holding a sign that was made by uh, Sarah Silverman's character that I can't remember the name of. It was made by his friend. Um, he's attending a concert with uh, his, his friend and... Um his his uh his a uh, co-worker at school he's a teacher yeah played by sarah silverman played by sarah silverman his young daughter um he's going he the only reason he went to this thing she was gonna go with two friends um like like i guess her ex-girlfriend um and, and someone else but uh he's going with her and, and um and his daughter to make himself look cool to his daughter because yes. she thinks her stepdad is really cool um so that's the only reason he's there at one point she said she gives the marry me sign to him like hey hold this for me i gotta i gotta pull out my phone and so you know uh j-lo's character cat just looks out in the audience and says you know what life is all about taking chances i've always took chances on my life so why not hey you yeah i'll marry you and he's holding a sign and the cameras go to him he's like huh so you know he goes up there and you know they actually get married on stage um, I like how just from the onset, everybody just like is like so uppity towards him. Like, like who who is this guy? Yeah, who are you? Are you? Is he a hidden celebrity? Is he wearing a costume? What's going on? Like, who is right. he? Yeah. Um, but yeah. it after that, uh, the two kind of play this whole rom com thing of getting to know each other because prior to this, they had never met. Uh, Charlie is a math. Uh, teacher at a local middle school, I believe it is, that he's teaching at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where his daughter also goes to school. Yeah, where his yeah. daughter also goes to school. He also runs Mathletes, which is kind of the math competition. Think Spelling Bee, but math. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, his daughter is also involved in that. And he is divorced. His wife is kind of out of the picture, but still in her daughter's life and everything like that. Co-parenting co-parenting yeah so it 
he's basically on his own. He has a daughter. He has a very nice apartment. He has a dog. Uh, he's very like the standard down to earth person. Just a regular dude. Just a regular person. Yeah. And then you have Kat, who is like this superstar. She's on Instagram, TikTok, everything under the moon with millions of followers. And he could care less about any of that stuff. He thinks social mm-hmm. media is all kind of just a brain tumor to people. It doesn't do any good. And, you know, he has wants nothing to do with it. So you put these two together, and that's where a lot of the comedy comes in, is he sees her life and how everything has to be like a video. Everything has to be a social media click. Mm-hmm. And... She gets to see his life where he literally has none of that. You know, he gets to just live his life. He's happy. He's doing what he wants to do, and nobody's controlling what he gets to do. Um, I'll say this uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of it all. Uh, Maluma, who played Bastion, I I can tell this is probably like his first major movie, man. You know, he's a singer in real life because um, he just – I. I kind of, I kind of just tell like he's he's on screen for the soundtrack, because yeah. like his, he was his, on screen to sing and that was about it. Yeah, because there will be some lines where he say, where he said, "You can't do this." I'm like, that's not how you say that line. Like, yeah, come on, man. Like he like you know it's, it's maybe not on him. It's probably his first major movie, so he's kind of got to like do more. But yeah, he was very he he seemed very green from an acting standpoint. Yeah, when you're brought into a movie to sing a song, they don't really care how your acting is throughout the rest of the movie. You know, you're there to be on the soundtrack and make the soundtrack sell. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, What did you feel about J-Lo and Owen Wilson's, like, chemistry? Like, I I like their characters separately, um, but as, as as chemistry... I don't know. Do you, I don't. I don't know if their chemistry was strong. What do you think? Uh, I kind of felt it at parts where it okay. made sense. Uh, some of it was forced. They had the classic rom com. We're going to force these two scenarios. Uh, but Literally. their chemistry really came from the scenes with the students. I think those were mm-hmm. the scenes where their chemistry kind of mixed well. Okay. Uh, the scenes where they were alone, like at his apartment and stuff, it was like, okay, this is forced rom com kind of stuff. You know, uh, the scenes where he would try and be a part of her world and stuff, it's like, okay, this is forced rom com kind of stuff. Even though their characters stayed pretty consistent with how they were outside of those scenes and in them. Listen, you got to take a rom com at face value for, for how it is. There were some moments where I was like, you know what? That's a little charming. I like that. Like when they're they're having a press conference and then all the reporters are asking, like, you just you two just got married on a whim? Like, is this real? Like, is this? And, you know, he kind of gives his rationality like, well, you know, back in the day, people would get treat marriage like a transaction. And, you know, there will be times where he was kind of like lacking as to what else to say. And she would kind of back him up as he was backing her up. Like, I'd be like, okay, that's. That's charming. You know, that that's run-of-the-mill, nice rom-com stuff. Right. Um, and even, like, the one comment of, you know, well, what about in the bedroom? And she goes, no. And he's like, well, for her, no. For me, it would be the best night of my life. You know, and right. it's like, okay, there's, there's the comedy aspect. You know, it's – Owen Wilson is good at kind of being charmingly comedic. 
He is. Like, you know, he says at one point, like, I didn't marry her because she's beautiful. Well, that was that was, that was a small part of it. Yeah. But, well, you know, like, yeah. It, that plays a role. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, Owen Wilson is always, he's another guy that's, um, he was kind of like the rom-com dude for a while, too. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like at some at some moments I saw the chemistry as between them, but in most moments I was like, yeah, this is forced. Not only yeah. were these two characters forced by this situation, I feel like J-Lo and Owen are kind of forced. Which, it kind of feels, I don't know if it was intentional to make it feel forced at points, because they were kind of forced together due to circumstance. You know, mm-hmm. neither of them were falling in love with each other, and that's why they're here. It's, you know, yeah. they're there because they now have to show face, or else Kat looks like she's going on a crazy tirade and it could ruin her career. Uh, Charlie just doesn't want this to affect his school and his life and everything like that. So they are kind of forced into this circumstance where, yeah, they are going to butt heads at times. They aren't going to be able to mesh as fully as you would want from another rom-com. But I think I, that part of it kind of made this one stick out a little bit more to me. You know, it wasn't following the it same it simple reason. plot. Yes. It gave it a reason for them to try to get to know each other. Right. Okay. And I, I, I like that kind of. Um, there were some scenes where it's like, okay, this is just cheesy at this point. And not even cutesy cheesy. It's just like cheesy. <laughs> I like um, I like when he tried, when they set a challenge for, for each other. She says, he says to her, like, listen, I'm going to have you for a day where you figure things out on your own. No publicist, no agent, no nobody. You try to do things on your own. And she goes, okay, well, you try to work out social media. I like when they go to her house and she doesn't know where the key is. She's looking around. I I thought she was about to pick up a stone and find a key under there. She takes the stone and like just throws it at her window to break into her own place. And he's like, wow, you just you really don't like to lose, do you? I, I I love how that pushes their characters a little bit more. Yeah, that's one of the ones that works. That's the cutesy moment that works because as they get into the house, you know, she doesn't know how to turn on anything. She doesn't know how to work a blender and stuff because she's always had people there to do it for her. Mm-hmm. And even like the remotes in the house when she's trying to like just turn on the TV, she manages to like turn on everything but including a fireplace. And Owen Wilson's character, Charlie, just kind of goes... Whose house is this? Are you sure you live here? <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, we we know the uh, we we know the usual is going to happen. At some point, um, Bastion comes back and says, "Like, yo, they love the song. I'm playing at Madison Square Garden. We can play a ballad of Marry Me." And you know, um, Owen Wilson character gets a little on alert. Like, well. Maybe she still does have feelings for this guy. You know what I'm saying? At this point, they're actually starting to date each other. Right. And, um, you know, she agrees to do it. And there's a moment when they're at the party where he um, I don't I don't really buy this scene. Like, I get why it happens. It's kind of like the dark night of the soul of the of the film's plot where he's like, listen, I'm just not used to being in your world. He is like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, she's like, what are you doing? You you breaking up with me? I kind of felt like that was kind of a weak excuse, but I, I get for the sake of plot why it happened. So I'm going to disagree with you on that one and say it kind of made sense for his character. 
because you got to keep in mind, this is somebody that has nothing to do with social media. He just cares about teaching. He cares about his daughter. Uh, yeah. He's seeing that, you know, he leaves his door and he has paparazzi there with cameras and stuff. Like, he can't even leave his house to walk his dog right now. So it, this isn't his world. He doesn't like this world. And he can see from her that she is completely encapsulated in this world. But you he know. got over that by then, though. He was at home watching the show with his daughter and his friend. Like, he had got over that. Right. But at the same time, he wasn't there at the show. He wasn't there at the after party. Even when he tried to go there and stuff, he wasn't able to get in because that wasn't his world. So how does that... I hear what you're saying. It just was a hard sell for me. I'm like, okay, this is like like you said, a wedding planner. I'm like, okay, we're starting to get towards the end. Oh, yeah. They're starting to break up a little bit, and they're going to reconcile. We're we're at the end here. But I'm going to tell you, man, what really kind of sold me over with this film, and I feel like this is where the film actually showed, like, true heart, is uh, at the end at the mathletes with him and his daughter, and, you know, um, you know, the rude kid from the other team is like, you know, she's on stage and she has a little bit of stage fright. And the kid says, like, don't choke or he, he heckles her in some way. And he kind of like gets her to remember the step routine that like J-Lo came up with her, her in the class to like when they get stage fright, do that. And dude, I'm gonna be honest, man, my heart kind of sank when she ran out of time. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you basically... Owen Wilson is so good at just being that charming person that, yeah. you know, you can almost be like, oh, yeah, they just happened to have the camera rolling and this, you know, child actor started, you know, forgetting her lines. So Owen Wilson just started doing, you know, this dorky dance to, you know, distract her and stuff. And it just fits so well with him. You know, he really fell into this character. Absolutely. And you don't see Owen Wilson. You really do see Charlie who is this just math tutor that wants nothing to do with anything except, you know, taking care of the mathletes and, you know, taking care of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. Being a romantic comedy, I expected that to go the way of, all right, they won. But when they said they lost, I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a shock. Yeah, I expect them to win, but I, I like how they kind of I don't know about keeping it honest, but I like how they they kind of threw you for a loop there. And then, you know, they automatically brought you back when um, when J-Lo came back and like said to him, hey, marry me. And, mm -hmm. you know, and they they got together. Yeah, it, it ends on that happy note. And th this was one where it's like, oh, it did have a happy ending. I'm glad. Even though I knew it was coming, I'm still glad. <laughs> You know, right, you, you right. were rooting for both of them throughout the entire movie with this one, uh, mm -hmm. because neither of them are terrible people. Uh, they're put into the circumstance. Uh, they learn about each other and they kind of fall for each other organically after being married. But they still have kind of a more organic falling for each other by kind of delving into each other's lives. It's corny at times, but it's a rom-com it's going to be corny at times they only have an hour and 45 minutes to convince us these two people are in love so okay question for you how did you like the music uh it, it like i said earlier this one didn't really catch me at all uh like jennifer lopez is great singer her voice is absolutely impeccable 
but the marry me song just didn't do it for me i couldn't even remember the names of the other songs in this movie Hmm. um i thought it was cool like it wasn't anything too spectacular but i thought the music was it was solid for what it was I didn't feel like it was a bad addition. Um, yeah, the like music to, wasn't bad, but none of it's stuff that I'm going to add to my like daily playlist or anything like that. Once again, we got the Sarah Silverman as the buddy and the co-worker. Yeah, we, we actually, now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. She played the buddy and co-worker in this movie. We're starting to see this more often than not. <laughs> so what would what, you feel about her? I thought she was pretty solid in this one. Um. She was, let's just get this right out of the way. Uh, she is a terrible employee. <laughs> she is a oh, good yeah. friend, but a God awful employee. And the fact that she's like a counselor for that school, those kids are screwed. <laughs> There's... Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I would want her as a counselor. No, I'd not be like, at all. if I'm going through some issues, I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'll 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 avoid that part. Okay. I'm not gonna I'll, go see her. You know what? I'm gonna deal with the bully myself, even if that means I'm getting my ass kicked, because that's gonna be right. better than dealing with you. <laughs> right, right. I thought she was. Hey, at first, I thought she was a physical ed teacher. She was a counselor. Yeah, she's a counselor. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes <laughs> that makes it funnier <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, she was the comedic kind of uh, coworker. And I think she played a better friend than she did coworker, just because she didn't come off as a coworker at all. It mostly due to the fact that it's Sarah Silverman. Um, it, right, it it would right. be she did exactly what she was there to do. Uh, they weren't taking her as like an employee of this school seriously at all from the start. Yeah, maybe not, um, dude. I'm, I'm gonna say this, man. I don't think J Lo ages. Like if you watch Wedding Planner and watch this, I I barely tell a difference, man. It, true, uh, her and Paul Rudd are somehow aging backwards. It, it's one of those secrets of Hollywood that someday somebody will discover. I don't know what potion her, Paul Rudd, and Pharrell take. Oh but, yeah, uh, these these people do not change, and it almost becomes a little uh, scary. Yeah, I feel like Ryan Reynolds is starting to take whatever they have, too, because, you know, the last couple times he appeared, he somehow looked younger. I've seen it on writing a little bit. I've seen a little gruffness to Ryan, which which works for him in the roles he takes. But mm -hmm. I'm seeing it on Ryan. I'm okay. seeing it on him. Yeah, like uh, most people, you see it. But, uh, yeah, man, I feel like as a movie, 2.5, as a rom-com I give it a solid three. Really? I, I think this yeah. one's a three five to me. Uh, okay. You know, I, I think it falls in that for like both. I, I think this had some solid really? rom-com moments in it. Mm. Uh, it. It definitely was different than the normal rom-com, which I think is what made me like it a little bit more. Uh, Cause I could totally understand everything from Charlie's perspective of, I don't care for social media. You know, yeah. I, I'm not big for it. I don't understand it. You know, I, I don't want to play the old man on the podcast here with dumb kids and the damn TikToks. Uh, but right, it, right. it just I it's something that really never grasped for me. And honestly, if it all disappeared tomorrow, it, it would probably be a week before somebody would go, hey, do you remember Facebook? And I go, yeah, it's still around, isn't it? Oh, no, it's gone now. Oh, when did that happen? 
Oh, right. I guess I never found out because nobody on Facebook pinged me to tell me that Facebook is gone. <laughs> yeah, he um they really pushed that that he was a regular dude almost to the point where I'm like I get it. He's yeah. a regular guy. He doesn't know how to text. Uh yeah, I'll be honest. The when he pulls out his phone and it's like an old style flip phone, I I both went Oh, and then I laughed because I was like, that, it's so predictable, but it's still funny somehow. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, um, I will say one thing on one of the scenes that I think was done really well was when she's looking out to the crowd after she finds out and everybody's on their phones and stuff like that. I like how they actually showed how you know Charlie stood out to her is because he was the only person not with a phone. You know, everybody else, you see the flashes of phones, you see the lens flare of every phone out, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's there just holding the sign, just staring directly at her. You know, he's not in another world. You know, he's not behind a screen. I love how they actually did that because when the trailer first kind of showed, it played before some movie that I saw and I was like, Oh yeah, she she's gonna happen to just pick out Owen Wilson out of the entire crowd. Yeah, what do you know? That's classic rom com, but it's like they actually did that in a creative way where it it became somewhat more believable if that were to happen, where yeah, you would pick that person out because that's the one person that was actually standing out of the crowd of everybody doing the same thing. You noticed that where I didn't. I that makes it a... Uh... Huh, that's interesting. That is well done. Yeah, so that was one of the things I noticed in that scene, like, right away. And I was like, okay. that Because I knew it was doing that pan to Owen Wilson. And I was like, okay, so how are they going to make him stick out? And I was like, oh, that's how they make him. You know what? That's actually smart. You know, props. You you somehow outsmarted me. I was expecting this to be a stupid moment. And you managed to make it into this touching moment that made me go, good job. You, you done did good. You done did good. You done did good. So I guess this is a split one for us, man. I I uh I got wedding planner on this one for me. Uh for me it's marry me. I think that one was better to me. Okay. Um right. fair enough. Oh, also uh Marry Me does a great job of showing uh, what a piece of shit Jimmy Fallon is. Uh <laughs> Dude, I think listen that was such a great Jimmy Fallon response. After she goes like, "Hey," I, she goes, she has her little speech, and she goes like, "Yeah, I, I can't marry you. I, I mean, I can't get back with you. I, I can't do this." Fallon goes, "So, so no performance tonight? Yeah, so, so no duet." <laughs> I think to, me, to him, that's just a regular day at work. Like, okay, and another celebrity's having a nervous breakdown. Let me overly laugh and ease the tension. Yeah, it's oh, I I'm not a fan of Jimmy Fallon, and this movie encapsulated everything I don't like about him in like the three scenes he appears in, and I was just like, mm, I don't know if you were trying to capture that movie, but you did a great job of capturing everything I hate about Jimmy Fallon all into one. <laughs> you don't like Fallon? I'm not think- a fan of Fallon. I don't like the whole breaking character thing. I feel like he can't overdo it sometimes, but I feel like that's kind of genuinely him. He finds the smallest thing funny. Like, if I say pudding, he'll laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. What you don't like about Fallon? I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it, it Just everything about him seems fake. You know, like his mm. laugh of everything. 
Uh, he'll make jokes about somebody and then like two weeks later have them on the show and be like buddy buddy with them, even though he was like joking about them having like a mental break at down like two weeks that's, prior. That's written. No, that's not him saying that. It, it's still at the same time. It's like one of those things. It's just it, it makes everything about him feel fake, you know. Uh, but he's a late night talk show host. Yeah, I know. Respect. And if a lot of the late night people fall into the same thing where I just don't like him. I think Conan is like one of the only late night people that it's like, I, I like this. Uh, everyone loved Conan. Oh, everybody. Um, I miss I, Conan. I even loved Letterman. He was a little bit of a dick, but he was a funny dick. You know, like Letterman. Um, yeah, you went on to Letterman knowing that he was a dick. He never seemed fake. Everything right. about him seemed real. And I can kind of like respect that to a point of being like, I don't like you, but I kind of respect what you're doing. <laughs> he kept the same energy he had for you when he wrote a joke for you when you came on his show. Right. Like he like and he kept it funny. You know what I'm saying? Like he was funny. Um, Jimmy Kimmel can be a little bit of a dick sometimes and he tries to be charming with it. But I'm like, dog, you're not Letterman. Like you're Kimmel. It, it, Kimmel you know tries to play like he's a good guy, but then he does all these weird evil things to try and prove he's a good guy. He, it's kind of like uh, if you put like a movie villain as mm-hmm. trying to like do bad things, but it ends up being good. You know, like taking the entire water supply from a town, but that ends up leading to find out that the pipes were filled with lead and they needed to be replaced you know example here because you're losing me i never heard of this uh (laughs) oh it's one of those like anti-tropes that people post around i mean what has he done that's evil that says hey i did this for this reason oh it's just like his personality and the way he like talks and everything he just comes off as like a villain it's almost like when you hear bezos's laugh and you're like no no that's a super villain that's a super villain from a movie right there. You can't fool me. I never heard Bezos talk, to be honest. I think I heard I think I saw one viral clip where a guy walked up to him and said, hey, man, I'm a prime member. I love Amazon. He says, thank you. So where, where do I got to go? Where do I go from here? What's what's higher than prime? Is there yeah. like a like a like a guy that's higher than prime? He's like, we we love all our customers. And yeah. like, he just kind of walked away. If you can look up a compilation of Bezos laughing and you're just going to go, this is literally Dr. Evil just, you know, <laughs> in real life. Hey, man, um, I'll tell you who I loved in the beginning. But as time went on, I'm like, you, you kind of just you just you don't just swing left. You 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 throw your whole body left. Um, Stephen Colbert. Dude, I yeah. loved Colbert in the beginning. Because I was like, yeah, Colbert has a late night show. But then he became just such a, and I get it. You are who you are. Your preference is your preference. But I'm like, damn, man, can I watch something that's not so, like, left wing? Can we get something left center? I I miss the Colbert Report. The Colbert Report was, like, one of my favorite shows on Comedy Central. It was uh, the Daily Show and then the Colbert Report. It was, like, the perfect hour of every day, Monday through Thursday. And when he went to doing late night, I was like, okay, I can get behind it. The first, you know, little bit was good and everything like that. But then it became, oh, I wonder how this episode's going to open. Oh, a Trump joke. Okay, cool. I wonder how the next episode's going to open. I bet it's going to be another Trump joke. And it was just that for a solid, like, three and a half years. Dude, I'm going to just say this. James Corden, I I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I don't find him funny. I I, I don't like his I don't. jokes. 
I don't even like him in you you know I don't like musicals, but even seeing him in musicals, I'm like, dog, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, he's I, I I've even seen some of his interviews with people that I like and those are still like some of the worst interviews with those people. Like I remember him doing an interview with like uh, Bill Burr and just going, this is boring. And this is Bill Burr. Yeah. I, um, you know who I liked though before him? I like Craig Ferguson. He made me laugh. Oh, Craig Ferguson was great. Have you ever watched yeah. Craig Ferguson's stand up specials? Nah. Oh, nah, go back did. and check I, them out. I didn't out. know if he would be for me on stand up. Oh, he's his stand up is fantastic. You look at some of the OGs, man. George Lopez was pretty good too. George, George Lopez, Lopez was, was good. I'm surprised that his show failed so hard too. Yeah. And I remember seeing the like viewer ratings for his show and mm. it was like Sesame Street at 3 a.m. was getting a higher view rating than George Lopez was at like a 9 p.m. slot. And it's like, how is that even possible? Yeah, yeah. George Lopez had he had um he had stage presence, man. He was funny. He was always funny with the guests, and he was just like a relatable, fun dude. Yeah. I remember you know seeing clips. I don't think I ever tuned into it when it was like live on TV. So yes, I am a part of the problem. But I remember seeing clips from it, being like, "Ah, this seems good." <laughs> you don't don't feel bad, man. I started off watching Colbert faithfully, and then I was like, "Oh, this late night thing is an every night thing." Yeah, I don't know if I can catch up with this. Oh yeah, you know. And then I kind of like trailed off. Uh, so don't don't feel bad about that. Um, wow, that was a turn. Hey, man, uh, what you been watching lately? Um, lately, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've watched besides these two movies, because lately I've just been busy with, uh, doing some retro gaming stuff. Okay, what you been playing? So, I've actually been doing a lot of research on, like, different, uh, ways to mod old consoles and everything. So, mm. I have my Super Nintendo here and everything like that, and trying to find, like, the perfect cables to get everything, like, HD uh, looking up like upscaler devices and stuff like that. They actually do like different, you know, interlace versus uh, parallel kind of parallel. No, that's not the word. Um, th- there's, you know, different terms for different video outputs and everything and trying to find like what's perfect and like the best way to like play these old school games and mm-hmm. also looking into like the different ROM hacks that people have made. Uh, like one of them that I've started kind of looking into a lot and can't wait to play is uh, Smash Remix, which it's okay. Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64, but they added a bunch of characters into it from like later iterations. Okay, okay. So that sounds pretty good. It, stuff like that, I've just been kind of looking into and kind of slowly, you know, Amazon purchasing things, and I'm just waiting for the day that I just have 20 Amazon packages at my door, and I'll just be like, oh, kid in the candy store. I get to play with all the toys that I've been reading up on. Right. Dude, I um, I was so happy. I uh, I got my PSP to play PS1 games. Oh, yeah. That's a big moment when you can start doing those handheld yeah, like when you, cause for the longest time I had that sitting up in my old parents' house back in Michigan. But then one day I looked up and said, "Hey, with these models, did you know you can get these to play PS One games?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, right." So then someone showed it, and I was like, "Wait, seriously, man? I dusted off the PSP, got a new battery pack for it, and just went 
went straight in, dude. Yeah, it's weird when you do that, too, because you're looking at a console you haven't looked at in years, years. and you're like, Decades. I'm going to drop $50 to bring you up to date so I can play even older games on you. <laughs> right. It's just such a great, it's a great thing, man. It's a great pastime. Like, I remember one day, it had been a long time since I played San Andreas, and one day I just I just hooked on a PS3, and I was just riding around town. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. like... For a game that came out at this time, this this design is impeccable. Yeah. Like for this time, like even when you go back to Vice City, GTA three, you go like they they made a great sandbox. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's so many games that, you know, it, if you can look past the graphics, because yes, a lot right. of graphics have not dated well. Uh the gameplay are still so fun. And, like, one game that uh, Nintendo just announced to be back on uh, their virtual console for the Switch, Earthbound, is such a fun RPG game. And I'm excited to start playing it. I haven't yet, but I want to jump into that one and play it. I'm waiting to hear what people think about it that know more about, like, ROMs and how uh, they converted it over for the Switch before I start. Because the last Mm -hmm. couple they've kind of messed up on and people are like, yeah... It's good up until this point, and then all of a sudden the entire game breaks in, like, incredible ways. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, you tell me how that game is, man. Dude, I'm all locked in. I got my Batman tickets. Oh, you got your ticket? I have mine, too. Uh, mine are for Saturday, though. Saturday. Okay, okay. I'm going on, because um, I'm an investor, I'm going uh, a few days early, I believe, on the 2nd of March. Oh, I think it's the 1st of March. Is that the The IMAX preview event? The 1st of March is the fan day one. I didn't want to go to that one. So I'm going to the second one. That's the next day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, man. You know, somebody kind of put into me, into perspective for me. Like, dude, like, this is the first solo Batman movie in, like, 10 years. And I thought about that like, damn, you're right. Because, you know, last time we saw Batman, he was alongside Superman and all the rest of them. Like, this is the first solo one in a long time. Yeah. This one I have, I guess, apprehensions for. It's it's weird. Like, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I refuse to let my excitement get too high on this one. I got the reverse effect going. The closer I get to the date, the more I'm going to be like, it's going to be a good movie. Cause it like how can you fail? You got Matt Reeves directing. You got Robert Patterson in the lead. You got Paul Dano, great actor, mm-hmm. as uh the Riddler. You got Zoe Kravitz as um Catwoman. How how can you fail? Yeah. Well, you got Colin Farrell as the Penguin. He didn't even look like him when I first saw the trailer. I said, "Who was that?" They said, "No, it's Colin Farrell." I said, "Wow." Yeah. You know? This I I am looking forward to it. It's just at that point where it's like. I don't want to let my hopes get too high because I, I know this isn't going to be a Batman Begins or a Dark Knight. It might be. It might be. It might Matt, be. If Matt it Reeves is, I will fully movie. accept that and be excited as hell at walking out of that theater going, can I buy another ticket? But Yeah, I, I got people that uh, people online that I talk to being like, yeah, man, I bought two tickets, man, for two separate days. I'm like, Damn, man, you don't even know if it's going to be good. Like, Maybe that's why I, the theaters around me are all sold out for like every day except for Saturday. 
is because people were buying two tickets for <laughs> consecutive days or something. Yeah, I wasn't going to go that hard because I'm like, I don't I ain't going to buy two tickets, man. I'm going to see it first. And if I really like it, we might go see it again. Part of me wishes that this was kind of like a HBO Max simultaneous release, too. So if I wanted to see it again, I could just go on HBO. Mm-hmm. But I think those days are over, man. Yeah, that's not coming back. Uh, it's now become, or actually, like, Marry Me had a release on Peacock and in theaters at the same time. Yeah, For like all of the three people subscribed studio. to Peacock. Yeah, all of the three subscribers to Peacock. Um no, it's like five now. Let's be honest. Uh, oh, they gained two? Yeah, they gained two. <laughs> oh, that's it's, cool. It's five. Uh, but uh, yeah, man. Matt Reeves hasn't made a bad movie, dude. The last two Planet of the Apes films, Cloverfield. Yeah. Let me, let me In. He's had a good run. He has. I, I definitely have faith in this movie. I, I'm just trying to keep my expectations low because I don't want to be hurt <laughs> kind of thing. I can't live life like that, man. I, I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta have anticipation for something. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I get it. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that one, dude. <laughs> Been watching that Attack on Titan, man. Oh, me, how far are you now? I'm in season two, but let me, let me, let me tell you about the bullshit <laughs> about, about married issues. Now, this is kind of funny, though. It's kind of funny. So I'm watching season one, right? And I'm watching it subbed. You know, I'm, it's kind of like what you told me, what we talked about one day, where you said, if you start off a show sub, you got to finish it that way. Yeah. I'm like that, too. Now, let me tell you the story. I'm watching season one, Attack on Titan. My wife comes in and, and watches with me on episode four. Like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching this anime. So after episode like four or five, she's hooked and watching it with me. So we we finished the season together, and I'm like, man, that was a great season. Uh, start off season two, subbed. Uh, episode two, she's like, hey, can we can we try English? I'm I'm tired of reading. <laughs> I, I I go well, um, you sure we can try that for an episode, but uh, that that's kind of gonna throw me off. Well, let's just let's just let's just try English. So we watched season two, episode three in English. And listen, the voices are good. The voices are good either way. But I, my mind gets thrown off. Like, like that's not how Aaron talks. Aaron speaks yeah. in Japanese. <laughs> like, like, my mind just goes, that's something's not right here. Yeah, I um, always love when you switch between them because then you basically have the moment of, why does Mikasa sound like a chain smoker now? You know? <laughs> right, right. Mikasa don't sound like that. You know, and then um, after the show ended, I'm like, all right, we got a little taste. Let's let's go back to sub. She's like, I, no, I want to watch the show like that. And then uh, I said, OK, now you and I are at an impasse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it, long story short, I said, look, you how about you go off and watch the show dubbed and I'll finish it off subbed on my end. So we just decided to compromise. Long story short, um, she's on season three now. Because I went back and watched some OVAs. Okay. Um, so one day I'm at my I'm at my workspace, and you know she turns on the TV. She, we got this TV in one room where if we're on a treadmill, we can watch TV. She starts watching season three in front of me, and like they're speaking English. So I it's, it's not like they're speaking Japanese. They're right. speaking English. So I know what's going so on. You understand fully what's going on, <laughs> right? And I'm like, yo, you you disrespecting me right now? What are you doing? And she's like, what's the problem? Like, you know, um, and I start explaining, like, listen, you, you you went ahead of me on my show. 
like you, you like, can you put some headphones on so we compromise she puts on headphones um but yeah man that's how that's going so far all but the while just, you're, you're constantly pulling up this word document called divorce papers and you know just line one attack on titan subbed versus dubbed <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm not gonna take it that far um it's just like a pet peeve you know like like when, when you when you're starting the show and someone gets ahead of you you don't want them to get ahead of you in front of you right like, you know just watch that on your own but um yeah i'm on season two and I'm, I'm really liking it man uh i like it i, I like it a lot it, it's well written and uh there are some pretty great high stakes that uh we're running into so far yeah which uh which part exactly like we can get into spoilers on this one i've i'm caught up to the current episode that you know played just yesterday uh okay folks if you're listening and you don't want to know what happens in season two you know this is double feature versus so you know what it is here's your Uh, warning goodbye (laughs) right right so i'm at the part where they just met the they we 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 met the monkey dude that that speaks like uh oh the beast titan yeah that that actually speaks um well i guess depending on on what you're watching english or japanese uh he he speaks fluently is, is the main thing and uh, I think that's where I left off. And I think uh, I think part of the teams, um, one part of the team was held up in this tower, and there were Titans coming in, and they're trying to keep the Titans out, and they're fighting back and stuff like that. That's kind of where I left off. Okay, I know where you are then. Yeah. Yeah, because they're yeah. just kind of yeah they got trapped in the tower, and they're surrounded by Titans, and they were trying to do like the explosives to you know get them away yeah 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 Yeah. okay dude i'm gonna be honest man for an animated show those titans look very they look creepy as hell sometimes oh they do like, and each one looks different too like they actually have a different design for each titan you know sometimes i gotta admit as much as some of them look scary some of them look funny as hell like the way they start <laughs> running when they start moving their shoulders and like, oh, yeah. like, like what 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 is that? Like, if I was alive in that in that world in real life, I'd be like, "Holy shit! Let's run for your life!" Like, I, I would I would freak out if I ran into one of those things. So there is a compilation of the Titans running to the song "Yakety Yak." Uh, right. It is the most hilarious thing. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> All right, I'll make I'll make a note to check that out. Dude, I'll say this. Uh, at least past season three before you watch it, because I think it has some spoilers up until that point, at least for the version I've seen. Oh, yeah. I'm not watching no compilations until I'm done. Okay. I learned my lesson the first time, man. When I ran into that one spoiler, which it didn't hit me back then because I wasn't watching the show, but I don't want to run into another one of those. Yeah. So um, keep but, watching i i'm excited for you to catch up and everything i i want to know we definitely have to do an overall episode on attack on titan because there is a lot to talk about with that one dude the season one um cliffhanger well i guess it wasn't a cliffhanger yeah it was kind of a cliffhanger where uh, we realized old girl kind of could turn into a titan too um uh yes uh yeah. on yeah, I think her name was Anne or something. Well, yeah. On, I guess they called her On. See, I knew something was off with her because when I started the show, I'm like, this woman, 
Mikasuka doesn't smile, but she has like facial expressions. Like you can mm-hmm. tell when she's pissed off. This woman had no emotion. Like she was a sociopath. I said something's going on with her, man. There's something off with her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. And then the 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 show has a lot of deep moments too. Like um, there was a great moment where uh, um, dude, I'm really starting to like Armin. The, the more the, the more the show goes on, dude. Like he's more than just the dude that comes off a little cowardly. Which he isn't really cowardly anymore by this point, but I like the I like a line where he, where he says, um, "Man, I forgot what he said." He said, "Good people don't try to change the world" or something like that. Or I'm not I'm gonna butcher it. I don't know, but yeah. he said something that was really dope to me. Um, yeah, man. So far, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I'm glad because this is Attack on Titan is very mainstream for an anime. But yeah. it deserves that spot. It's like one of those ones that, you know, oh, that's just a very popular and that's the only reason you're watching it. It's like, yes, but it deserves to be that popular. See, I that's that's one thing that had me a little nervous. Like, I'm like, this show is very popular. Is that overhype? But now I kind of realize, no, nah, it's just a very good show. Yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> I, I got like kind of a Thanos evil plan because like at the end of the day, She's ahead of me or whatever, but the funny thing is she's going to end up right back with me because the last part of the fourth season it hasn't been released dubbed yet. Yeah, so, the dubbing is, I think it starts in like two weeks, if I'm correct, for the final part of the last season. So hmm. if you... For the whole season or just for that one? For that like one episode. episode. So it'll be, okay. in two weeks, it'll start off like one episode a week. So it's always going to be like about five or six episodes behind. So yeah, you'll you'll get to pull that whole uh, string if you get to that point, you know, before the show ends. When she gets to fourth season part two, she's going to be like, hey, can you find me another dub version? I'm like, all your successes and failures have brought you right back to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You should have just been watching Sub this whole time. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but um, that's it with me, man. And uh, I think you ready, uh, ready to cap this off? Yep, I think that wraps this up. All right, folks. Thanks for sticking with us for this uh, special J-Lo V-Day episode. You know, have fun out there with all your loves. You know, cherish your people, hold them tight, and stay safe.